<laughs> Praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans teaching today. And we're just excited for you to be with us. And we're in the book of Romans, as I said. And we'll be digging in chapter 3 here in just a moment. But before we dig in today, uh, I want to let you know that we have this five CD preaching series. It's the newest one that we've made up and uh, have out there to offer you. And uh, that, this is a great series that has five CDs in it. And we preached this recently. We got more feedback from this than we have in most messages recently. And I suppose it is because suffering is something that every person on the planet deals with. So $25, you can have your copy today. Uh, and you can donate at thecrosswaychurch.com on our website. And I'm just excited to be able to offer that to you. Uh, but it's really not about the money. Uh, it, it takes money to make those, so we offer them if you want those. But here's the good news. Everything we do is freely placed on our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. So avail yourself to it. It's free. You can make your own CDs, your own DVDs. But if you want us to make them for you and, and give them to you, uh, well, we'll do that for $25 a set. Uh, and uh, I'm thankful for that. Any three that you get, you'll get for $60. So let's get in the Word this morning. And uh, in chapter 3 is where we are in Romans and Paul has been talking about, he's been talking to uh, the church in Rome, writing this letter to them because there's, there's Jewish Christians in the church, Gentile Christians in the church there in Rome, and, and the Jewish Christians are, are attempting to still use the law uh, and be under the law and put others under the law and, and think that they have uh, an advantage. And Paul comes along at one point and says there is an advantage of being a Jew. And that was in uh, uh, verse 1 and 2 in this third chapter. And that's because God gave them the Word. He brought the, the Word of God to them and through them for the world and to, to be able to hear the gospel, hear the good news, hear the word of the Lord, and even the Messiah came through the Jewish people. So it, there was an advantage of being Jewish, but it didn't make you a, a Christian, a child of God, just because you were born into that lineage of Abraham. Because Paul goes on to uh, bring it to our, our understanding that it's not a people of God who are one because they've been circumcised outwardly, but because they've been circumcised inwardly in the heart. And that's what we have into uh, a debate with some of these uh, people who were saying, well, uh, if the righteousness of God is so grand and the goodness of God and the truth of God is so grand uh, and, and it was seen as grand and wonderful when we were found in our sin, why don't we just keep living in sin so God's righteousness and grace and truth and all His that He offered can just be abounding more and more. And, and God says through the Apostle Paul, God forbid, God forbid, and so that's a lot of a misconception today about grace. Grace is not something that just covers your sin and lets you live in sin so you can one day get to heaven. Grace saves you from the guilt and the shame of sin. Grace, if you keep your faith in the cross, child of God, will, will save you from the power of sin. And if you make it to the end of this race with faith in Christ and Him crucified, you will be one day delivered from the very 
presence of sin. Now that's good news to those who are after a, a, a life pleasing unto the Lord. Now I, I understand and I'm not being ugly today, but and, and it's just reality is what it is. Most Christians, that most people that claim they're Christians, I'm not the judge, I'm not going to say, yeah, you are, no, you're not. But I'll just say most people that claim to be Christians that I come across today, they don't mind talking about what they've got going on in their church. But when you start talking about the Lord himself and the scriptures themselves, they run from that. They run away. And, and, and I'm sure they would have their excuses to why they do that, but it's not legitimate with the Lord. Anybody who's walking with the Lord has a ready word to give from the Lord for every situation. They're ready. They're, they're, they're looking for the opportunity to talk about their King, their Savior. And the other folks, well, any excuse they give, uh, there may be some of that excuse working in their lives as a reality to whatever that excuse is, but... The bottom line is they've backslidden away from the Lord. If you can't talk about the Lord, if you run when people talk about the Lord, you're either not saved or you've never been taught how to live saved. Think about that. Some people have been in church 50 years and they've never been taught how to live for the Lord. Never been taught how to fight the good fight of faith, how to keep their faith in the cross, how to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Oh, they've heard those scriptures in passing, but the focus has never been Calvary. It's never been Calvary. The scriptures are always in the light of Calvary, and they must be seen through the light of the cross. If not, we'll never get out of the scriptures what it is the Holy Spirit's trying to give us. So we get into this ninth verse today in Romans chapter 3, and, 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 and Paul says, What then are we better than they? Talking about are we Jews better than they? Even though they have a, a, an advantage of being Jews, God gave them the word of God. God brought the Messiah through them. But are we better than them, Paul says? In no wise. In no wise, and this is where Paul begins to, and, and, and it's okay to say Paul, but really this is where the Holy Spirit begins to do some serious dealing with the depravity of men, with the unrighteousness of men, the wickedness of men, and how there's not any, not one has ever been righteous and looked for God without that imputation that he can give. And you'll see this. Watch this in the scriptures. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. And that's the first time the word sin in this manner is used in the book of Romans. The first time this word sin is used in this manner as the noun that it is in the book of Romans. And it means the sin nature. We're all under, bound under the sin nature. Let me read it again. What then? Are we Jewish people better than they? No. In no wise. For we have before proved Paul's talking about what he's already wrote to them. We have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are under sin, under it, can't get out of it, under it, under it, under the sin nature. 
When Adam sinned, he fell. We talk about the fall of man. That man, that's an understatement. We fell so far away from God. I've heard ministers say that we went from total God consciousness to total self-consciousness. We, man, we just, when we fell, we fell away from God so far that we couldn't make our way back on our own. There was nothing at that point and still isn't today that we can actually do in and of ourselves any work we can carry out to be God's people, to be in Christ, to be saved, to be, to be on our way to heaven. There's nothing we can do physically. No work we can commit. Only faith in Christ gets you the promises of God. Watch this now. We're going we're gonna to begin to see something here I've really never noticed until studying this just very recently. Notice how many times as we read through this, that the Holy Spirit wants us to see there's not any. There's not one. There's not ever been any. There's not one. Watch how many times he says this, and I'll emphasize on those phrases. Watch this in verse 10. As it is written, there is none. And he's referring to Psalms. Uh, let me see here. There's none. He's referring to Psalms 14, verses 1, 2, and 3. Now, now, see, that's what Paul did. That's all Paul had. Paul had the understanding, the revelation that Christ was the Son of God who came to take the sins of the world away. But all he had was Genesis through Malachi. That's all he had. So he would quote that because that was the word of the Lord and it was always a pointing to Christ. So watch this. He said, as it is written, there is none righteous, no not one. Now twice in that one verse. There is none. No, not one. Now watch this. Verse 11. There is none that understands. There is none that seeks after God. Let me say it this morning. There is none. There is none. How many times before you were ever born again did something come over you and you felt like you needed to start seeking God and you would maybe even get a Bible and, and then before it was over, that would just be gone. It's because you and I cannot even seek God and for sure can't understand Him without being born again. Now watch this. Verse 12, They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that does good. No, not one. That's something we need to pay attention to when we're studying the Word of God, when we're uh, in the Word, listening for God to show us something. Everything in the Bible is important. Everything. Even the book of Leviticus that most would read about the sacrificial system and it's tedious and little. All those are very important little details because they're all referring to Christ and His legal tedious work at the cross and all that it would provide for us. Praise God. Their, their throat, verse 13, their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps, snakes, serpents is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. Here's verse 18. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Think about that. 
what we've just read. Before God would approach anyone as He did Abraham and begin to minister to Abraham and reveal Himself to Abraham. Not, not Abraham and who Abraham was. That would only come to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations and of the blessings all after he would have the revelation of who the one that had approached him gave him of himself. Do you understand that uh, the only knowledge we have of God is the knowledge God has given us of Himself. And everything God has told us about Himself in the Bible, not anywhere else, that's, that's, those are lies. Only the Bible, the Word of God, reveals God. And every bit of the information and the knowledge that God has given us of Himself really is something that He wants to do for us. Every name that He has given Himself to us, He's given Himself a name so that we can know who He is and what He is like and what He wants to do for us. Every name that God has is something He wants to give to you, something He wants to do for you. He wants to impart to you. He wants to be to you because He is the great I Am. And every one of His names describe the great I Am, who He is and what He wants to be for you. Amen. And so in the Word of God is where we find the knowledge of God. It's not in any other books. There, there, there may be prophets, there may be apostles in the church today, and I believe they are, but they have a different function than the ones of old. They have a different function. No one can claim to write new Scripture upon claiming to hear from the Lord. You can't write new scripture. That's, that's what the problem with a lot of the cults are. They, they say, well, aren't there, doesn't the Bible say there's prophets? Yes. Well, these are just today's prophets, not with a revelation outside of Christ and Him crucified. No. To be able to write in the New Testament, you had to either walk as you, to be, be an apostle in the New Testament. Let me fix that. You had to have walked with Christ. And the reason that, the, that Paul was an apostle is because Christ Jesus appeared to him personally and called him to us Gentiles. Think about that. He was a Jew. See, if we, if we would have done that, if it had been us, we'd have cho chosen a, a Gentile to deal with the Gentiles. But he didn't do that. He chose a Jewish man to deal with the Gentiles. So you need to think about that. When these people come along and say they've got this revelation from the Lord and it's outside the confines of this word, this Bible, you can turn away from them. They only have a form. They're living a lie. If they're believing a lie, they're living a lie. So all the new so-called prophets today, even the false prophets that claim Jesus is Lord, but they claim all these paradigm shifts and all this stuff. Let me tell you something. There is a shift taking place. And the shift is the Lord bringing His people out of all the golden calf worship we've been into all these years. Because in and of ourselves, we will worship a golden calf in a heartbeat. And I don't mean the building of a golden calf. I mean we will worship any we'll, we will try to worship our Lord 
through an idol that we've made, just like the children did as they were only 50 days out of Egypt. After all those miracles, after all of that, 50 days out, not even two months yet. And there they were building a golden calf. We'll use this to worship God. That's what the purpose-driven and the government of 12 and the word of faith demonic uh, garbage is that you confess things into being that are not. God's the only one that can do that, and you're not a little God. You're a human being. Somebody needs to say amen. You will never be God. Think about that. You'll never be God. You were created in His image as a human being. That's what you will be for all eternity, a human being. Some, maybe we just need to stop and talk about that for a minute today on our broadcast. God created us to be humans, not angels, not anything else. Human beings to inhabit the earth and have dominion over the earth. And eventually, that is what we will be. We will be an earth full of holy people. And let me say something about that. To be holy is to be human. I'm not talking about humanism and the world and all its attractions to self and beauty and, and, and macho and humanism and how we can live for all these things. But to be holy is to be human. But you need to hear me today. To be human, the, the only example we have of pure, true humanity is Jesus Christ. That is our holiness. To be the human beings we were created to be is holiness. Righteous. Praise God. That's good news. Holiness is not never cutting your hair, and never wearing makeup. And you, you, you've brought laws into your own life. And it is a law. There's nothing wrong with just wearing dresses and no makeup. But if you start seeing churches and everybody in them are like that, that's law. That's law. You've got to be careful going in these, in these churches these days. If everybody in there looks the same, there's big problems in there. If everybody in there is a biker, if everybody in there is a cowboy, if everybody in there is black, if everybody in there is white, if everybody in there is poor, if everybody in there is rich, if everybody in there is the same, they look the same and they are the same. There's big problems there. And the message of the cross is not there. Because the message of the cross is a lifting up of Christ. And he, he draws all. And he doesn't stereotype. and he doesn't, he doesn't need a cowboy to see a rancher saved. He doesn't need a, a Harley owner to see a biker saved. He doesn't need someone with tattoos to see somebody with tattoos. No, God doesn't work with that. The power is not in how you look, how you dress, what you where you live, what you drive. The power, my friend, is in the gospel. And that's what we've lost. The power. We've become a social club. You go in some churches, everybody in there has got a big old belt buckle on, wranglers, because that's what the preacher wears. Better be careful with that. Better be careful with that. Scripture here is revealing that none are righteous. None are righteous. You know what that means? That means without Christ, none are righteous. Without the cross, the sacrifice, none are righteous. And we sure need to think about that. That's not talked about near enough. That righteousness only comes to any human being 
through the Word of God pertaining to Christ. Christ is our righteousness. God's Word is our Word of righteousness. And you know I can't get through a teaching series without bringing Proverbs 8 and 8. I told our people last Wednesday night, by the end of this year, you're going to be able to quote this verse. You're not going to have to open your Bible to be able to quote verse 8 of Proverbs 8. I ask them, uh, what does Proverbs 8 and 8 say after a hundred times I've said it now? And they quoted some other scripture. We're going to have this at Crossway Church here in Queen City, Texas by the end of this year. I guarantee it. We're not going to need a Bible to quote Proverbs 8 and 8. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. And I'm bringing this up right now because Paul is about to endeavor into a topic called righteousness. And he starts out by letting us know that none, no not one, has ever been, is now, or will ever be righteous without faith in Christ and His work on the cross, not our work. Our works are works we do ourself, which is self righteousness. Our faith in the one work God did to offer us His righteousness is His righteousness being imputed unto us. Many today say you have to be water bad. You have to do something to be saved. That's yourself doing something. That's self-work, self-righteousness. Think about that. When someone's telling you you have to do anything other than believe in Christ and His finished work on the cross to be righteous before God, know that someone is talking to you who is yet to be righteous before God. Because none, none, no not one understands before God brought the revelation of the sacrifice into this, into this world, and He did it immediately in the Garden of Eden. So all the false religions and cults that are out there, this is what God started with with man. The sacrificial system didn't come into play after uh, nations were built. When we fell into sin, God brought the promise immediately of the Redeemer, the seed of the woman, and He showed them how it would happen by killing animals, clothing them with cloak, their skins of animals, showing them the revelation of the cross immediately. So everything had already heard about this. As generations grew, they Cain heard about it one-on-one from his parents and still wanted no part of it. Immediately, one of the first two-born kids of Adam and Eve wanted no part of this. Thought he was righteous by the works of his hands. Was cast away as a vagabond. And hear me today. Went away thinking in his own mind that his works were enough, maybe not for God, but for him. And that's really what self-righteousness is. According to the Bible, self-righteousness won't work with God. Our works won't work with God. They won't justify us. They won't sanctify us. So when we hear the truth, we just say they're, they're, they don't know what we know is what the people say. And, and, and they leave and they don't know it, but it's in the subconscious of their mind. God may not accept this, but it's what I've accepted. It's what I've chosen. 
And see, that runs rampant in what's called the church in the world today. You, all you, you'll hear a lot of talk about, well, it doesn't really matter just as long as you believe something. <coughs> Until Lord to bring us back to the truth of His Word, a focus on the cross, we'll be thinking that Catholics are saved and Mormons are saved and Jehovah's Witness are saved and on their way to heaven, which is far from reality. All those people die in their sins and they don't make heaven because they have not trusted Christ and His work at the cross for their salvation. Oh, they may say Jesus. They may even say something about the cross. But if we're trusting in anything other, if we're praying to a man for forgiveness of sins, that proves we're not trusting in Christ and what He did at Calvary. See, that's a golden calf I spoke of earlier. Oh yeah, we're claiming we know God, but we're denying Him by our works. Titus 1.16 And before Paul gets into one of my favorite portions of Scripture, this uh, middle portion of Romans, which we will start in our next session, he begins delivering the message of what we must know first. There is none, no, not one. Not any seeks after God. Not any understands. No, not one. God had to approach a man called Abram. God had to do the approaching. God had to be the one to come running into the garden. God always has to be the one approaching. No one is seeking for God. God is seeking for you. He's looking for you. If you're lost today, He's looking for you. He's just looking for you to simply believe, simply believe in His Son that He sent to be the sacrifice for your sins so the guilt and the shame could go away. And listen, when He forgives, He not only forgives, He begins to deliver. If you will keep your faith and your focus and your knowledge being learned from the Word in that avenue of the One who is the way, Christ, and what He did to become our way, the cross, you will find deliverance from those things that hinder you. Not just forgiveness, but you will find deliverance. But you're going to have to stay the course by faith in the cross. You can't go and buy a book that'll tell you to do these three things to get deliverance over a foul mouth or a cigarette or a whatever. You can't do anything to justify yourself before God. You can't do anything to sanctify yourself before God. Jesus finished it all. It is finished for you. And you can be born again. Saved today by the blood of Jesus. The blood He shed means the life He laid down and died for you. That blood will wash away all your sins if your faith will just be placed in Him. Or maybe you're listening to me today and you've been lied to all your life and you've been told that you, yes, Christ and what He did at the cross, but that's really not enough. Maybe you've been lied to. Maybe you've been told that. The first thing I would ask you is, do you not understand what it's going to be like at the judgment when you stand before the Lord and tell Him the cross wasn't enough, His cross wasn't enough, but that you had to also work to prove righteousness? Oh no. There are many works for the child of God, but they're all in Christ. Christ. 
I know people teach that when we teach the Bible that we're teaching a greasy grace, that we're just allowing people to live in sin. Oh no, if you think that's what we're teaching, then you don't know what we're teaching and you don't really know God and you don't know the power of the Scriptures either. You don't know the Scriptures nor the power of God. It's what Jesus told those that didn't understand the Scriptures in those days. And you know what the Bible proves in 1 Corinthians chapter 15? That if you don't understand God's Word in its righteous context, you're asleep because you're believing false, some things that are false. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, read the last verse, I believe it is. I know we're about out of time, but you know what? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I believe it is. Yeah, Verse 34, Awake to righteousness and sin not, because some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Apostle Paul's talking to the church in Corinth there who's given an ear to those who don't even know God and are trying to tell them there is no resurrection. And they're listening to them, giving ear to them. And Paul has to write this letter and, and tell them there is a resurrection. If there's no resurrection, you can't live for God now. And, you might, and you're not even saved. And he says to the church, Awaken unto righteousness. That means you must awaken through the blood of Jesus onto the pages of God's Word. Everything in God's Word must be seen through the, hear me, through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Not through the eyes of I must work, but through the finished work. And I know it's hard. Some will hear this and, and because their daddy has lied to them all their life or that preacher they've loved and they've known all their life has lied to them, they will say, no, I don't believe you, Curtis. You're calling my preacher a liar. You're calling my daddy a liar. I'm not calling them liars. I'm saying they've not known the Scriptures. They've not known the Lord like they should. And they're sharing God's Word out of context. If they are born again, they're asleep. And the only ones who are awake are the ones who are walking in the light of God's Word because their faith is in the cross. The cross is the righteous work and the only place righteousness is offered to men is through the gospel, the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. Yet God says in Proverbs 8 and 8, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. And righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. So to understand every word that God has ever spoken that Jesus said we will live by, we must see it, understand it in the righteousness in which it was written, the righteous context. And I know this has helped those. The only people who are out there off track who's going to come back to the truth are those who are broken. Because only a broken and contrite man lowly, humble, giving up their way to accept that one narrow way God offered to all. Only those are going to come back. And if that's you today, you can come back. You can just allow the Holy Spirit to erase 30, 40, 50 years of false doctrine and bring you back on the path of the just, the truth, the path of righteousness where you can now literally bear the fruits of His righteousness, not the works of your own self-righteousness. God bless you.
He loves you and I love you. Uh, avail yourself to my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, where you will find all the teachings that we do on Romans, even the ongoing Galatians teaching, and all the worship services are uploaded to that YouTube channel. Until next time, God bless you. He's trying to reach for you and bring you into the kingdom. If you're in the kingdom, He's trying to bring you closer to Him in your walk with Him through the kingdom. Stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Amen.